Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Always covered in 15 minutes or less. Now, let's get to the point. Hi, and welcome back to To The Point Cybersecurity. I am your host, Erica Pierce, joined with my co-host, Eric Trexler. How you doing, Eric? Doing well, Erica, and Dr. Ford again. Yes, yes, Dr. Ford. So we're happy to have you back on the podcast again. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm like that bad penny that keeps <laughs> kind of turning up, right? Yeah, or that. Do people so- use pennies anymore? <laughs> I think, I think they're still around. Okay. Still okay. Around. Every now and then you see one. Uh, so just to give our listeners a little bit of behind the scene, we're still recording in person. Um, so what's interesting, Dr. Ford, is that our first um, guest in person was a former DJ, and now we have you who is a musician. So we have and lots a pilot. Of, and a pilot. And so. a few other things we will not discuss today. Yeah. So uh, it, it's fun to record in person because you learn a little bit more about what folks are doing mm-hmm. besides cybersecurity. So, so Dr. Ford, um, we were talking before the podcast started about um, that one of the keynote conferences, uh, or I'm sorry, one of the keynote speakers at the RSA conference this year, and their talk they gave about trust, and they actually gave a prediction that said that uh, trust was going to evaporate by mid 2020, and that was due to a variety of reasons that the public is losing trust because of things such as fake news and um, things that are happening with autonomous vehicles and technologies and, and such. And I know that you spent a lot of time studying trust. What do you think of that prediction? Do you really see trust ever um, just completely going away where we don't have trust in, in all of these things? And, and that's huge because technology and, and, and security, a lot we have to have trust, right, for those to be successful. Right. So, so I will be very firm in the statement. Trust is not going to go away. Okay. Period. It is going to change, though. But we need trust. Right. We can't get anything done without trust. How could trust. society work without trust of some sort? Right. I mean... Tr- what is trust, right? That's part of the problem is that we're bad at defining it. So it's like we're talking about a thing that we haven't defined very well. Okay. So, so there's this definitional challenge about mm-hmm. trust. I like to think of it as a confident uh, relationship with the future, right? So it's, to Eric, it's, it's a Eric's question thing. then, what does it look like going forward? Right. So I think to go forwards, you have to go backwards. So let's talk about the history of trust. And, um, you know, for those out there in sort of podcast land, right, or listener mm-hmm, land, mm-hmm. there's a very good book on this by Rachel Botsman called Who Can We Trust? And, and I'm channeling my, my inner read of Rachel's book because I talk about this because this is an example, I think, from her book. She talks about when we're in the village, right, so pre-industrial revolution. Right. How did trust work? Well, you knew the baker made good bread because you'd eaten their bread. You knew the baker. You knew the brewer. This one brewer might make better beer than, you know, this gal or this guy. Right. Because you knew them. You knew about 70 people and you had a relationship with all of them. That was interpersonal trust. Now, let's wind the tape forwards a little bit. Industrial Revolution. I mean, you have a whole podcast, by the way, on yeah, unforeseen. The last one we talked about. This yeah. Too. Unforeseen yeah. consequences of the Industrial Revolution. Right. So, you know. You, you end up with this uh, brand-based trust, because now you don't know the brewer, you don't know the baker, but you recognize the brand and you go, okay, I've been to this brand before, I know I mm-hmm. kind of like the way they do things, I'm going back. In the modern world, you're right, we did the, there was the uh, Harvard Business Review Analytic Services uh, report that we commissioned, right, that looked at some of these concepts of trust. And it was 63%, I think, of CEOs said that trust in the institution was declining. But it, it's, not, it's going somewhere. It's not just evaporating into the ether. What we're seeing is 
is trust shifting to more distributed trust models. So if you look at a company like Uber, for example, right? So how do I get, how am I gonna get back from the airport home when I get back to Austin? I'm gonna page an Uber, I'm gonna get in the car or somebody I don't know, and it's gonna be fine, right? You know, because of this distributed mo trust model. And what Uber's really doing is it's sort of selling trust. Because I know that driver wouldn't still be around in the Uber system if the peers that mm -hmm. had ridden mm -hmm. didn't trust them. Mm -hmm. Right, you could thumb it, but you never know what you're getting. You never With know Uber, what you're getting. there's some level of credibility or trust, though not perfect. It's there. Right, and the trust isn't necessarily with Uber, it's with the other riders. I know the other riders would have kicked this driver out if they were a terrible driver. And Uber's almost the broker of trust. Exactly yeah, right. That's an interesting so, way to think about so it. So think about online services, you know, biggest online retailer. Amazon. Amazon. I love it when you guys say that. <laughs> no, it's Alibaba. Right. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think we had this conversation yeah. once. But I love how everybody says Amazon because that's a good sort of mind check on we do think about the world in a very U.S.-centric way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're still in our village. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. still in our village. Large village. Um, if you think about what they're doing, they're, they're brokering uh, trust. They don't really hold inventory. They're connecting the buyer and the seller. Mm -hmm. It's another interesting sort of model. So, you know, I think this concept of trust as applied to cyber is, is equally important. So I think in cybersecurity, trust is this sort of superpower that enable, enables us to get things done. And in the era of digital transformation, I think it's doubly so that we actually don't run away from trust. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think the models that go, we won't trust anything, I think that's a bad plan. I think the right thing to do is to figure out how do you appropriately trust somebody in the right context, right? So it's all about context. Because I don't trust a person or distrust a person in totality. We spoke about this last yeah. time. You trusted me with, or I trusted you, I believe, with certain things, but not others. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. So, question then. Mm -hmm. Everybody's talking about machine learning. Well, they're talking the about artificial intelligence. Ask that. But they're also talking about zero trust. Yeah. It's one of the biggest buzzwords or, or phrases we hear in the industry. What do you think about that? I actually love the concept of zero trust, and I hate the words zero trust. Okay. Right, because I think the words, the name doesn't actually capture what it really is. So we have to trust somebody. Right. We have to trust some things. And, and zero trust doesn't say you should never trust anyone ever, right? Zero trust says you want to make certain that you're really talking to Eric before you trust mm -hmm. it's Eric and allow Eric's privileges. So validated trust or, or credentialed trust of some sort. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. And there's a whole zero trust extended ecosystem. Assured trust. So the, the person that's sort of the spiritual father of zero trust right now is Chase Cunningham at Forrester. And, and Chase has got a very healthy and broad view of what zero trust is. And I guarantee it's not never trust anything because you never get anything done it's dole out trust in appropriate ways not just based on where somebody is and if you look at the history of zero trust it came out of much earlier work which chase is building upon about this concept just because somebody's inside your network doesn't mean they're good that was sort of the right. the genesis right. of where it came from and i think that's an important takeaway so i think the name makes me wince but the ideas are very good and i absolutely embrace them okay because you have to trust you have to trust your people well, and also, I mean, how do how do we trust the machines more that we're, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> now you're getting into some hard, some really hard problems, right? Because automation can be very scary. So let's take a pilot example, something that's timely, right? So there's continuing news that is coming out about the two recent crashes mm -hmm. of the seven thirty seven, right? The Boeing Max issue. Right. Exactly. Yep. Right. So you know, I don't want to be a speculator, right? But we'll take it in the hypothetical. It's starting to look like there was an automated system mm -hmm. that sort of was driving 
the pitch of the nose down, right? Now, as a pilot, I don't like that, right? But also, as a pilot, I also know that human error is often behind a lot of accidents, so things that you do to sort of automate, to make it harder mm -hmm. to sort mm -hmm. of put the plane in an unsafe mm -hmm. configuration, actually buy you safety. So net-net, these systems are designed and generally do make you safer. But now with these two very high-profile crashes and some of the information that appears to be trickling out, that, that does impact people's trust in automation. You know, there was a, I think there was a car crash, right, where it was somebody driving an autonomous vehicle mm -hmm. that drove right, into right. the side of a truck because, yep. you know, was it the sky or was it a truck kind of issue. These things all do erode the trust, but net-net, when you actually run the numbers, very often the actual accident rate per mile is better with the automation. Much better. Actually. Much better. Much, right. much better. So they're, they're clearly safer. They're not perfect. But they're safer. They're safer, right. But the challenge is, as humans, it, this is, again, a very human thing. We don't, we don't have a principled and thoughtful approach to no, risk. We look at the outlier. We look at the sensational right. Right. We, we yeah. call it dread risk mm -hmm. versus sort of logical risk. So as a human being, for example, you tend to worry more about dread risk. So a dread risk would be, I'm going to get cancer and die, right? It's a That's dread bad. risk. Mm -hmm. That is definitely a bad thing. It's not on my to-do list. A more realistic risk for me is actually probably heart disease, which is in many ways a bigger killer, right? And that's something I can control. There's a lot of things I can do to control that risk, but I focus more on what's this kind of strange lump, you know, or does this mole look funny? I mean, these are all sensible things to worry about. But we tend to view risk asymmetrically, right? This dread risk. We worry about the sort of you know, an asteroid hitting Earth as opposed to worrying about something that, you know, is a little bit more controllable. Well, I feel we see that in cyber too, Erica. I mean, we spend a lot of time on the on the components that hit the press. Right, mm -hmm. right. We don't spend a lot of time getting the basics right because they're not sexy, they're not exciting. Right. But overall, I think in cyber, we would be much better if we did the basics well than if we went out and bought the latest machine learning capability or a zero trust tool or whatever the the technology buzzword of the week is <laughs> yeah. and tried to say, hey, we are on the leading edge. Just and, uh, do the basics. I'm going to say cough, cough, struts vulnerability, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it, it's the blocking and tackling that's so important. But you're right. It's not kind of the shiny object. And I think that we do lose focus sometimes on, you know, the importance of doing the basics right. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like identity, managing identity, making certain that Eric is actually Eric. You know, the fact that any serious account is controlled with just a username and password today is kind of shocking to me, right? Yeah, it actually is. That's the right. Point. I mean, just step back and think yep. about that. And then think about what would happen if I stole that beautiful cell phone you have mm -hmm. on the table, right? That's your well, life I'd now. Down. You, you, you <laughs> well, can try. You she can has try it. face ID <laughs> engaged, so it's more I than do. just a username. Right. But, but you know, it, it's this concept of, you know, how much trust you're putting in that device. Right, because you're actually, we put a ton of trust mm -hmm. into our cell phones, mm -hmm. right? But having anything that we care about just with a username and password is kind of shocking. I mean, if you look at, you know, multi-factor, you know, mm -hmm. even for my Gmail account, right, multi-factor is, is great. But how many people have enabled it? Let's not do this sort of show of hands sort of walk of shame here, right, on no how, how many people, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but it's easy. It's like a couple of bucks to buy the token from, from Amazon or Alibaba, if you prefer. Or um, soft tokens free. Right. And, and now you're infinitely more it's secure. It's an extra step. It's an extra step I don't think a lot of people know about. And honestly, I don't know that a lot of people will tolerate. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I don't know that. <laughs> 
I do it. My wife would never do it. She might, but it would be it would be challenging. That extra step is a lot for an an incremental amount of security. Mm For, well, you say incremental, but for a large, a, a large increment, right? But We're then that also then step goes up. into the trust piece, right? Because I think some of us are still in that mindset. Of, We're oh, very trusting. Be, or yeah, we're, we don't right. know. Yeah, exactly. We don't know Until that we shouldn't happens. be as trusting. Yeah. We think that username or password or just holding that phone, which isn't even locked, is fine. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to guess password one, two, three, right? Because it's got letters, num. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or even no password. A lot of people have unlocked phones today. Passwords under the keyboard. Yep. Once yeah. they once they have a problem, they change their right. tune usually. Right. For a bit. But it's too late. For a bit. And that, yeah. that's part of the challenge is that we expect technology to do more than it can. In the sense that sometimes we expect technology to protect us from the thing that we're telling the technology to do. Mm. This is why this is why I'm a huge fan actually of human centric analytics. Because you have to get a little bit more that's sort of close to the human mm-hmm. to understand, you know, what's really going on and then try and, and behavior steer. And intent. Yeah, exactly. To steer the user to make the right choice as opposed to drive, force the. So when you force the user to do things, they don't like it. Mm-hmm. You get it a lot of security work. friction, a lot of pushback. But we can prompt the user. We can steer them. We can use our understanding of how you think, how you make decisions to help you make the right decision. And that's really the model that I have for a lot of AI. It's not going to replace the human. It helps the human do better. And I think that's the right model. Well, Dr. Ford, it is always just fascinating to have you on the podcast. So I, I love the way you just, you know, you make um, someone like me think about concepts such as trust and just uh um, AI, machine learning, just in different ways. So thank you so much for joining us in person. Uh, we appreciate it. Eric, thank Eric, you. Eric, I trust you. <laughs> to a point. Yeah, to the point. <laughs> so thank you to the listeners uh, and continue to tune in every week to To The Point Cybersecurity. Thank you and have a great week. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store 